Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dad Starting Over podcast. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to get a couple of pieces of business out of the way. First of all, I write and sell books. You can find my books at dadstartingover.com slash books. You can also find my books at any of the major retailers online at amazon.com, Audible, Awesound, Barnes & Noble, and Apple Books. Look for my books titled The Dead Bedroom Fix, which is my bestseller. Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity, Breakup, and Divorce, as well as my book Red Flags. Lastly, I have started a members-only side to my website called the DSO Fraternity. At the DSO Fraternity, we have live member meetings, access to all of my books at no additional charge in both PDF and audiobook format. We also have Facebook discussion groups for members only. And lastly, articles and audio for members only that you are free to discuss on the website. Check out the DSO Fraternity at dadstartingover.com slash join. And now on to today's episode. So Jason, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, ages, you and your wife, kids. All right. Um, uh, I am 48. My wife is 44. I got two kids. I got a trans boy. He's a junior, 17 years old, and a freshman. He is 15. So... Okay. I'm, yeah. Now, when my you wife. say, excuse my ignorance, but when you say trans boy, that means born uh, biologically is female and has since transitioned. Correct. Okay. Very cool. That has to have a whole set of, of, um, uh, I don't want to say difficulties or challenges in itself. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. It was just something not, not to deter this conversation going down that road. Cause I'm sure that's a whole interesting phenomenon in itself, but, uh, uh, was that a strain on the marriage? You know, honestly, I really think that we were both like, look, you know, uh, we just, we love our kid and wanted to be happy. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where it was like, my wife was like, you know, he doesn't know what he wants, you know, it, like in eighth grade and freshman year, like, and the, the longer he, he keeps being like, yeah, dude, I, I want testosterone therapy, which my wife is against until he's 18 because then he can pick, you know, choose it for himself where I'm like, look, I think we should do it now, you know, because the kids, he was suicidal last year. He was all super depressed, you know? And wow. So yeah, just to, I would say 
if it was a strain, it just felt like normal to me, like a regular relationship, what you would go through, but it wasn't like we got to the point of like, this is it. We're fucking, I can't stand this anymore. We're getting divorced or anything like that. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Is this something that you saw in looking back early on from when they were an infant on, you saw the tendencies no. towards the male behavior or this is something that came on after puberty or. Yeah, this is something that just happened. I think in uh, middle school, seventh or eighth grade, you know, and uh, just more like along the lines of he's got sensory disorder or something, sensory processing disorder. And I think mm-hmm. he might be a little tiny bit on the like, Yes. And well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure you I'm sure you've read on the subject that they're finding that one of the fastest growing communities of trans are um, autistic females. Yep. So that's interesting. It's a whole interesting. Yep. Uh, so anyway, yeah, not to deter there, but I find that whole side of things really fascinating. So kudos yep. to you for uh, being supportive of him and, oh, uh, and uh, enduring all of that and, and being a good dad. So that's awesome for you. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk right. about is what exactly brought you to the whole dad starting over community, the website? Well, what happened was I think for the last six to eight years, I was really like struggling uh, with our marriage. And I was like, definitely always having to talk, always like thinking about like ending our marriage and wanting to uh, have different plans. Like, oh, as soon as the kids go to college, I'll divorce her. Um, You know, if I could just get away this weekend, maybe I could just cheat on her and then, uh, you know, uh, come back and I'll feel better. You know, all these different things going through my head Mm -hmm. and uh, I was, I, I swear it came up on Instagram an ad for a dead bedroom fix, but I definitely had seen it at, on Facebook afterwards, I think. But anyway, it was one of the two. And I was like, I looked at it and it said dead bedroom fix and something about like, does this look familiar? And are you tired of a sexless marriage? And I was like, uh-huh, it does. And yeah, <laughs> fucking A I am. So I was just like, 10 bucks, I'm, I'm, I'm in. What the, who, who cares? What's 10 bucks? I'd been to marriage counseling with her for probably over two years. And then I did after that singles counseling and I did it with a woman. And one of my girlfriends was like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I I would never in a million years be talking to a man about my problems. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And then I found this guy and I did, you know, did with him for about two, two and a half years. And it was really awesome. But Mm -hmm. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I don't know. It was like I worked on myself great, but it wasn't like I was working on myself like your book. I'm a wrestling coach. I'm a wrestler. I'm I'm like, I like the I like the tone of it. There's a challenge and there's just like it tells you almost like a game plan in my head, like, okay, you can do this, you know. And so after I bought the book, I bought the uh what do you call it? The computer version. I don't know what that's called, but I didn't want it. I didn't want to have a book around the house like that. So I read it on my computer and mm-hmm. it was just freaking just what I needed. But I'll tell you what, man, it was like somehow there was like probably the, the, uh, the Facebook group. But once I found that 
it was within like a week. I was like, you can't just sit here and read. You got to participate. And I, and I messaged you in my mind thinking like, well, this guy's an author. He's super busy. Maybe he'll get back to me, you know, in a week, maybe two weeks, if you're lucky a month. And I swear I was out walking my dogs when I did it. And you responded within like five or 10 minutes and it made such an impact on me. I was like, I was, yeah, man, I was blown away. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe that he's taking his time out for me. It just made me feel like, uh, like it reinforced everything that you had in your book in my mind, like times 10. I was just like, all of a sudden I was like, this guy is not some like, you know, I live in San Diego, California. Like there's a lot of, uh, I'm liberal, but there's a lot of gurus and yogis and oh, fucking, sure, sure. Yeah. you know what I mean? And I was just like, you know, this guy is just, is he, is he what he says he is? And that solidified it right there for me. And I, I was all in and, you know, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So, and, and glad to have you on board, but let's, yeah. uh, let's travel back in time a little bit into okay. what, what got you to this position. What, when do you feel like the, we started going off the rails in the relationship, so to speak, can okay. you pinpoint it to a specific time, a series of events? Definitely pinpoint it to a certain time. Now, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, Oh, after I'm reading people's stories and, and it all, it all relates, but like, do you want me to go into like how I met her and our past or just like what I, where I realized? Well, if you think it, it helps us to paint a picture, you can kind of uh, give us the bullet points on how you guys met and what your relationship was like early on leading up to the, the point where you took a left turn. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm always the, I was always the type of, I am the type of guy where like, I always had a girlfriend. Uh, I wasn't like dating a whole bunch of different women. Like I didn't lose my virginity until I was a senior in high school. And that was my first real girlfriend. And then in college I had a girlfriend for like, you know, fucking, I don't know. I think it was seven years. And I tried to break up with her a few times and she George Costanza me. Like she's like, Oh, you, you can't break up with me right now. I'm like, Oh, I guess not. You know? And then I love using, later. I love using George Costanza as a verb. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a verb. <laughs> uh, it was like, you can't break, you can't break up with me now. My grandma just not died. I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. No. So it's like, <laughs> I love you, but I knew I wasn't in love with you. And uh, so I was still just strung along. And then I moved to San Diego. I'm, I'm getting my teaching credential on the first day in class. I sit next to this girl and I was like, damn, I, I was just talking to her and I was like, I, I need to find this girl again tomorrow. And that was it, man. I just sat by her in class, started hanging out with her, talking to her, broke up with my, you know, girlfriend at the time that had been with for seven years and asked her out like two days later. I was like, you're fucking awesome. And then, uh, yeah, man, it was awesome hot and heavy the whole honeymoon phase but it to me it seemed like it was a honeymoon phase for a long time even after kids i would tell people yeah i would tell people like oh i've got the top three relationship in the world you know we are top three as a couple (laughs) really stoked really happy and like best friend kind of thing and i she would the things she would complain about were my partying like drinking smoking weed and the sex like 
man, you're always wanting it. You know, you're always like, and I'm like, yeah, I, I am. I'm always horny. I could always be Mm. down, you know, that kind of a thing. And then, so we're both teachers and she stays home with the kids until my youngest was probably like pre pre pre-K, like, I think that's four, four years old, you know, right before kindergarten. And she goes back to work at my oldest elementary school. She's the computer teacher there for two years. And I lose my job. I'm a middle school teacher. I loved middle school. I lose it in call. We were in Colorado. I lose my job because I, you know, those like foam pool noodle, like martial art boppers that they're yeah. kind of like practice swords. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A kid of my class had given me it. He's like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Mayor, aren't you ever going to break that out? And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. This is the motivator kids. And I started bopping desks like, Hey, let's go. We guys got to focus. You know, got to do some work. Mm-hmm. People are cracking up. And then uh, I had this uh, physical education class, PE class, and I started bopping kids on the back and on their, you know, looking back, this is stupid, but their butt and their Mm -hmm. freaking legs. And this one kid went and he's like, uh, to someone in the office, like he hit me in the face and he called me names. And I didn't know that his, he was trying to get at me and he was, parents were lawyers they had tried to school sue the school district it was just a bad situation Oof, but, yeah so in the end i didn't lose my teaching credential but i lost my job there mm-hmm. and that's about 2011 so about from 2012 i get my name cleared and all this but I, i'm not allowed to be hired back in that district so oh, wow. yeah that was like the the one of the I don't know what that's called protocol one of the rules you know from mm-hmm. the from the court decision after you do like 50 50 hours community service stuff like that so we were like you know what screw it we've been here for 10 years we love it but we're going to move back to like my wife's from san diego area i was from san jose so we moved back here and from that point on it was definitely like i could just now looking back like oh yes that that's what happened yeah. we lost the job so we get back home i couldn't i couldn't find a teaching job it was super hard i was subbing i was sitting at home all day she was writing she didn't want to um teach she was trying to do a novel so we're both mm-hmm. at home you know that kind of a thing where you're just like i'm depressed i didn't know i was depressed i was fucking just an ass you know but anyway so um, from, from her perspective, if you had to put yourself in her brain during that time, how would she, how would she verbalize why it is that the relationship went off the rails at that point? Is it as simple as she lost respect for you? She had uh, her sense of comfort and security was injured in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, she had this dream of being uh, the novelist and so forth. And you weren't there as to be kind of the security blanket for her because you lost your job. And um, did she also look at you as, I guess, did her respect for you falter somewhat? Did she look at you as kind of a loose cannon, so to speak? Oh, for sure. I would say all those, you know, definitely lost respect for me. Definitely was like, I remember one time she was just like, you know, yelling at me or kind of like saying like, I I guess I'm the type of person that needs to be married to, to someone that 
their husband that works or that can be i can look mm. up to and i'm just like oh fuck like, mm-hmm. hit you right between the legs there oh yeah man yeah, yeah. and uh like um what do you call it like the breadwinner type of thing you know sure sure that that it all makes sense with what you've talked about or what i see on the facebook page you know i'm like yeah mm-hmm. and um so all those things definitely were a factor or in her mind like yeah, yeah. that's exactly it now did you internalize that and, and take that on as i think less of her because she's being so quote shallow and her love for me is based upon my ability to earn an income my ability to provide for the family or did you take that on as man i'm a failure i need to step up my game Oh, I was, I think I was more like, dude, what's her fucking problem? I've, I've paid for everything. You know, this, this, it's always been me. I've always been the one that's worked. I've always, you know. (laughs) So you felt you you had built up some cachet over the years of being a really awesome spouse. And this, and this little hiccup, although it's not little, but this hiccup, this little, fork in the road shouldn't be that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. And, you, and you would have much preferred if she would have been like, you know what, honey, bad stuff happens, but I believe in you and I love you. We're going to get through this. Let's go get you a new job. That would have been right. ideal. Yeah. Yeah. But that didn't happen. She, I mean, yes, she would say stuff like, why don't you find something you love? You love surfing. Now you've picked that up. Why can't you go be a surf teacher and why, you know, Oh, why don't you look into doing this? And what, and I'm like, dude, all I want to do is teach. Okay. Well, you're not being too proactive about it. And I'm like, mm. fuck, I can't even get out of bed. Fuck you. Like, so you did go through a very real depression during this. Yes, for sure. And I've yeah. never felt I was been depressed my whole life. So looking back, I definitely went through a depressive state. So then what do you do at that point? How do you start to turn things around or do you, does it take a while? Oh my God. It takes a while. Yeah. It takes counseling. It takes, uh, yeah. Like just, I, I, the one thing, the one steady the whole time is I kept coaching middle school wrestling. I, I would just, you know, out in Colorado, uh, at my middle school, I taught at, uh, I coached there. And then when I came back here, I found the local middle school and, uh, talked to the high school coach and said, Hey, is there someone coaching? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can I get involved somehow? He's like, Oh yeah, you can be, you guys can be the, you know, the, the two head coaches. And since I had free time, I would coach right after school. And then the other guy would coach the other days, uh, after the high school would get out, you know, so it was just, it worked out perfectly. And that steadiness I think helped me. And then I started subbing in that, uh, middle school where I was at and then I started subbing in different areas and so yeah it's, it seemed like the only way to get a teaching job was you had to get known somewhere because I was applying all the time but just like to get known in California you have to sub at a school or you have to know somebody there and so after about three years of that around the areas I did get a job and they wanted me instead of doing English which I which I had done they had a position for PE and ASB I was like Sure, I have a P credential. I don't know what ASB is. I'll do it. And it was really cool. It was trying to change the culture on campus. So I was like, this is fun. But I was a 0.8 teacher. I wasn't one. I wasn't full time. And they had to cut, they had to do cutbacks after two years of 1.5. And I was the first person to, oh, the last ouch. person hired, the first person to go. Ouch. So, so that, that didn't do well with, I, I imagine that gave your 
wife when you were hired a bit of a ah, feeling okay let that and then all of a sudden it's right back to where you were again yes but instead of getting into a depressed state again i went right i asked a couple friends and they were like oh there's this public charter school it's a home school and i'm like what the hell i have never heard of it so i went in and they were like yeah you know if you be a student supervisor and you teach on mondays you know if there's ever an opening we will hire you and I was like sure whatever and I did my time last year I mean student supervisor is like yard duty like it's a fucking it, a, a mm. trained monkey could do it you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm teaching on Mondays all the time and then they were like the the pandemic hit <laughs> COVID and over the summer their enrollment went up 42 percent so they were like, they had to hire some wow. teachers and I'm right there. And they knew who I was and they're like, Oh, you're awesome. Would you like to do this job? I'm like, hell yeah, I would. So <laughs> now I'm like, I swear to God, I am living my dream. Cause this homeschool job, it's not traditionally teaching. Like you have, when you teach, you're there at 730 to 330. This is more like, I got to be there Mondays and Tuesdays and the other three days of the week. It's like, you have to just answer emails. You have to do stuff, but I can do that anytime I want. So I'm now I'm like lifting wow. in the mornings and I'm surfing if I want to. And then I can go take the kids to their freaking doctor's appointments. My wife just got hired this year as a sixth grade teacher, but they're doing it all in person. This is no distance learning. So she's oh, Monday okay. through Friday. She's there seven to four. So it's like our roles are reversed in the way of like the traditional mom and, and yeah. dad, you know? So I'm just like, I'm loving it. You, I can't believe how like stoked I am. Now at the time when you found my book and so forth, were you in this new job at that time? Nope. Okay. So did, so then that begs a question of, uh, we're jumping ahead here, but presuming that you're in a better place relationship wise right now with your intimacy and so forth, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, was it the book? And was it the subsequent attitude change? Was it the job? Was it a combination of all of the above? How would you describe it? It was the book because I found the book in that September. And that was the, that September, probably like a week or two later. That's when I started the yard duty thing and teaching on Mondays there. Mm -hmm. So my relationship was still like, sexless or you know like for me it was like I was used to like three times a week and then it was down to like once every two weeks maybe once a month and I was just like so frustrated and so mm -hmm. pissed and like she doesn't love me she or she, you know, why doesn't she love me and I was 245 I was like the heaviest I'd ever been since my second kid was born and the book just helped me go all right stop fucking complaining stop bitching it's your fault <laughs> you need to man up and take that on and I was like just blaming her you know like mm -hmm. or trying to figure out why she doesn't want to have sex you know and and I just stopped all that and like did my job which was so easy and did a really good job at it like teaching on Mondays because I had all this prep time and I just concentrated on like going to the gym and uh, God damn, I'm sorry. I'm losing all the things. There's like five things that I have written down in my other room, you know, like 
that you, it was like a, a cheat sheet in the back of the book that you could just pull out. And I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. Do you want to take a moment to get it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, like the five mistakes, like I'm looking at this cheat sheet that it like came with and I made a copy of, I think, and it says gift giving. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many times I would like give her something expecting like sex, you know, that kind of thing. Um, doing more chores. I don't know that I would do more chores, but I would always be like, Oh, Amy, look what I did. Mm. <laughs> I you know, fucking cleaned the dishes or I did this, you know? And she's like, yeah, I do that all the time. Like whippity fucking do. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? you know, um, happy wife, happy life. Oh my God. That's my, that was my number one. Like always walking on eggshells, never like, mm-hmm. oh dude, that was like my mindset. Like just keep her happy. Like don't rock the boat. You know, maybe you'll get sex. And if you have an argument today, there's no way you're going to, I was just like tied to that. Cause no one ever told you, I don't know how to explain this, but no one ever explains any of the things or tells you any of these things or, you know, Pretend that no women exist. Ah, yeah, I, I maybe, but and then the talk always. So, you always have to talk with her about things. Oh fuck! I, well, the, the picture you're painting for me is I can I can split it up into two different categories. One is kind of very nice guy behavior, which, as you know, is super typical uh, amongst the readers. Um, that's why I always suggest to people that they after that my book, you go out and read No More Mister Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover, who has been on the. Uh, in our fraternity meetings in the past, which is very cool. Um, another thing I see is that sticks out was your inability to cope when shit hit the fan with the job, with the infamous pool noodle incident. Yes. Um, you know, you could have gone a couple of different paths there and you chose the path of, I'm just going to shut down. And boy, I can see as a wife, how that would be really, well, frankly, unattractive, concerning, angering. Like it would, you know, your whole foundation of your world would be, shaky at that point because your husband is not able to deal when shit hits the fan. So what is it? Two things to look at. What is, where do you think the nice guy stuff comes from? And where do you, why do you think it is that you respond in such a negative way to the uh, losing your job? Uh, I think that that's, those are fair questions. I think the nice guy thing just comes from the, uh, my upbringing. Like I remember my mom, saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, like, don't call people an asshole, even though you think of them, you know. Um, I went to an all-guys high school called Bellarmine, and it was, uh, their motto was men for others. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude. And I really embraced that. I have some really great friendships from high school that I still keep in touch with. Like, those are my best friends, because it was like, you went to school, and it was... <laughs> academics and athletics there was no girls so you didn't I wasn't distracted I wasn't you know anyway I think it comes from that kind of a thing but maybe I don't know that's my guess and then Mm -hmm. your second question uh, I forgot (laughs) (laughs) so your your your, uh, inability to cope when you lost your job your your depression where do you think uh, is that something you've seen in the past or was that your real true test your first true test in life as a major oh shit yeah yeah, i think personally for me it was my real first test in life and i i know the reason why i was so depressed is because that's my identity 
Like yeah. Yeah, sure. every summer in high school, I would work at my, my parents own private daycare centers and elementary schools in the Bay area. And they'd be like, Oh, Hey, you know, this summer we need you to be the first grade teacher's aide. Oh, this summer you got to be in the infant and toddler room. Oh, this summer you're in the potty training room. This summer you're teaching pre-K this, this summer you're, you're driving kids to and fro swim practice to the Y and back. Like it, whatever it was that they didn't have at the time, that was my job. And I loved teaching that, that kind of style every summer. And then like I got into college and I thought I was going to be like a fish and fish and wildlife game guy. And then I thought I was going to be an ocean biographer, uh, just all these different jobs. And it, I was taking forever. It was like, I would go work and I, yeah, anyway, at the end I was like, I gotta fucking graduate. Like I gotta do something. And, uh, I was like, what will afford me the the life of a student. Like I loved it. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I could be a teacher. I'll get summers off, you know, and two weeks of Christmas. And so I was like, I'm in. Uh, and that was it. But so I think the reason was I was so depressed is because I lost my sense of self, my yeah. identity. I was yeah. a teacher. I this didn't want to do this. It wasn't anymore. just a nine to five job for you. This was a very big part of your identity. Mm-hmm. If not the biggest part. And yep. society, your little inner, inner circle just looked at you and said, nah, go away. Man, that's, that's got to be traumatizing. But to your credit, the second time around when this happened, you're like, not again. I learned the first time. I'm going to hit the ground running and I'm going to just get on the phone and start making some calls and skip a few steps. Here you are. Yeah. And, and your position that you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. And on top of that, things started improving with the wife, but they weren't so cut and dry, were they? Because you and I have been speaking together off and on for well months now. So yeah, it's the beginning I mean, of the year, and um, yeah, it wasn't easy. Can you, can you tell us about some of your uh, hiccups along the way and oh, some of the detours you had to take, bro? <laughs> First off, I read your book, and I'm like, oh, dude. I've got the game plan. It's on now. And in your book somewhere, you were like, you know, don't, don't do this. Don't start being like this sexual until you're like five, six, seven, eight months into it. And it was like two weeks in and I'm like, all right, I'm buying sex toys. And I'm like, Hey babe, look who use this. She's like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. I remember like writing in the Facebook group and and you're like whoa 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 hold your heart slow 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 down you know and i'm like what and you're like dude you're like the 900 pound bearded lady you know like <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, and God. for those that don't know that didn't read the book that's a, a just a little um i guess you'd say an analogy that i had that uh, men that are all trying to be hypersexual with a wife that is obviously not turned on you're in essence kind of a 900 pound bearded woman, if you want to look at it that way. So, you know, if a 900 pound bearded woman showed up to my front door and she's the nicest, sweetest, most amazing, and we really click mentally and so forth, I don't care. All that doesn't matter because she's still a 900 pound bearded woman and there's no attraction there and it's never, ever going to happen. Um, it, that's how a lot of our wives look at us when we when they're kind of painted into a corner by life, whatever it may be, whatever outside circumstances may be, whatever the husband may have done or not done. It's, and she's just not in that headspace. She is just not there. And to say, Hey, look, here's a vibrator. You might as well just take a giant shit on top of her. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the, where did this come from? Get away. 
And that's uh-huh. what you saw. What is this? Get away. And, uh-huh. and that's got to be crushing to a man because you think you probably had somewhere a little glimmer of hope. You you instilled some of what you saw in the book and you saw a little something from her, a little spark. And you're like, here we go. We're off to the races. Boom. And yeah. bring on the porno. And no. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, skipping, skipping chapter one and going to chapter 12, you know, just trying yeah. to like go right to the end. So it was just a lot of that. I mean, you really, like I did some counseling sessions with you. I did three and then I would email you every now and then. And I'd be like, wait, wait, you know, why isn't she responding to this? Or what do I need to do here? And you're like, dude, you are so, you're, you're very like the puppy, like the neediness. You, you, you're, 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 you gotta back off from her. You gotta give her some space. You gotta like, you're always talking about sex or you're always pressuring her. Like I would, either tell you or email you like exact texts that she's like, or she'd email me back. Like you cannot do this to me. I, I don't feel, you know, I feel pressured. I feel this. And I'm like, damn, what is, what is her problem? And you're just like, look, you, you're, you're very excitable. <laughs> you're very like, Oh yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You know? And I'm, I'm just like, he's so right. Like it, it took me. So for your, comparison to all of your other people you've had I am a I feel like I'm I'm a medium success story like I hear dudes like Austin like boom dude just goes with it and it fixes it within like it seems like three months and Jack they're like oh dude just has it and bang he's on it and it takes it took me forever and I'm still not like where I want it to be but I'm definitely you know <laughs> mm-hmm not not where I was and it's I'm thankful for that but I'm like the type of person where like yeah when we're if if we're drinking I want to drink more if we're smoking pot I want to smoke more it's like oh the the, I have a saying you know the 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 more the funner and even though it's not englishly grammatically correct and everyone's (laughs) like yeah so you, you have a you have a bit of a compulsive maybe even an addictive side to you yeah but I it's funny how like I've never, like, it's never I, manifested itself in the way of something negative, like drinking, gambling, that kind of thing. Drugs. Yeah. It's yeah, gone too exactly. Far. No. And I don't, I don't get angry when I'm drunk. I don't, you know, I'm not like, I don't know. Everyone's just like, yeah, you're fun to party with. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Cause it's, <laughs> it's on bro. Um, I don't know. I'm just very positive and very happy most of the time. So yeah, I don't know. So I was, yeah. You were just like, dude, you, I, I just, I had to get hit in the head over and over and over again. It seems like to, to figure it out. And then finally I would try these little things that either you said, or I'd pick up from on the, on the Facebook page or, or someone else. And I'd be like, he said, he said this, or he, he did this. And I'm like, Oh, what is if I just try it? You know, like, instead of using what I usually do, why don't you go against your instinct and try what someone else did? And I was like, holy fuck, it worked. Oh my God. And so that helped because mm-hmm. I would be like, all right, you've got to start, stop. you got to stop yourself or start questioning yourself and do what you wouldn't do. And which is that, also, which is also kind of a Seinfeld reference, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> that's true. That's right. What would Costanza do? And then he goes, do the opposite. <laughs> that's right. So 
you tried little things. You saw some quick little wins here and there. What were those wins like exactly? Just more affection from the wife? Like in our relationship before I lost my job, it was like, oh, you're amazing and you're, you're sexy and stuff. And so I would try things then after reading the book and it was, I was getting those positives back, like validation, um, validation, validation. Uh-huh. That, All is, the validation. that is everything to men. Any women listening to this validation is everything to men. Um, it, it, women are amazed at just how little it takes to get a man. Uh, I was going to say turned on. That's not the right word. I don't mean sexually. I mean, turned on just his spark comes back. Women can say something as simple as you look really good in that shirt. Oh my gosh. Men are just like, Oh, it's like the, the, the heavens shine down on him and he's a new man. And she's like, well, that's all it took. Yeah. Cause ladies, you don't know this. We don't hear that shit very often. You ladies hear that all the time, every day, all day from your girlfriends, from whoever, from a guy whistling across the street. Yeah. We just have our own little man existence and to get that little validation. It's, it's like heroin to us, but go mm -hmm. on, continue. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. Um, there was one like, uh, I think, I think it was Austin. And he said something like, well, what I tried was like, I, I was massaging her and then like kissing. It was really getting good. And she was like, turned over. I was like, I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm like, cool. You know, good night. You know, I'm, I can't wait. And after five minutes, she was like, I, I, I can't sleep. I'm, I'm thinking about fucking you. I'm, too turned on i'm like all right let's do it you know it's like i would have never in a million years i would have been like what you're going to sleep like I'm, I'm so this is hot and this is great this is you know let's fuck you know and, and so was, you're thinking the turning point there for you the mind shift was when she rolls over and says good night you didn't complain you didn't whine and you didn't attack her you didn't you just like all right cool have a good night yeah that's exactly which show which shows that non-neediness you weren't, you're not smothering her with, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want. You're just like, yeah, cool. Which in a roundabout way is, I don't really need you, woman, which gets the brain spinning. If he doesn't need me, <laughs> why is that? Um, you see that high of a value that he's not begging for scraps anymore. And, you know, the brain spins and then it, it ends with the woman's final thought, which is, and why am I so turned on right now? And, uh, and away you go. Yeah, and that's that's a big, big piece of the puzzle is that neediness Just squash that neediness. And so that was a major turning point for you. And I think that neediness kind of um, it was an umbrella over a lot of your actions, wasn't it? Oh, it did. Like you said, you just said smothering. I'm like, that's it. That's the word that you had said to me earlier, like months ago. I was I was totally smothering her like mm -hmm. she just felt like. Uh, she wasn't comfortable in her own skin. She like, I'm always touching her. Um, like I was always around and she's just like, she's like, I can't relax. And I'm like, what's up? You know, why not? I want to be with you. This is mm -hmm. you know? so that is totally true. But to make, to further complicate things when you are in those early relationship years, um, she doesn't mind the hanging on her. She doesn't mind the you're around six days a week. She, she's like, that's amazing. I, the, the puppy love is there. And she, she just wants to spend every moment when she wakes up, she thinks about you when she goes to bed, she thinks about you. But you know, to all the guys listening to this that are deep into marriage, those years are over. And it takes a different kind of mindset and a different game plan to uh, 
get those juices flowing again, so to speak. And that's mm-hmm. what you learned. It's like you go from woohoo to that's kind of needy. And you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, a big part of it is you need to go back to who you were when you first met, but it not a hundred percent. You you can never go back there. Um, a lot of guys who discover their wives and affairs, they they see that hypersexualization, that hyper attachment, and so forth, and they take that to mean like, look at the loser she's with. She, she obviously wants losers, and I'm more of a loser than he is. Obviously, blah 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 blah, and they go down all that self defeating bullshit. Boom! It's basically like no. You just forgot what it was like when you guys first met and you have a front row seat for it and you're watching. Unfortunately, it's your wife or watching with another person, but that's how that goes. And right. um, a lot of us stick to that same game plan of, okay, why isn't this just naturally happening right now with a little effort on my part? Come on, let's go woman. Chop, chop. Let's get the sex on the road. And she's like, oh, hello. It doesn't work that way anymore. And that's what you learn the hard way. It doesn't work that way anymore. And sometimes things like you lost your job. Oh yeah. Just, uh, I think we're going to shut down sex for the next three months. Cause I'm totally turned off right now. Guys like, what the hell? It's like, yeah, welcome to marriage. It sucks, but that's a big part of it. Any other incidents that have kind of piled on to lead you to where you are today? Yeah. I mean, just like, uh, last month, um, <clears throat> So she's teaching and she's in like, she wears a mask all day. All the kids wear a mask. So she's really deep in COVID, you know, like that's the, her world is, is like, you have to be super safe and all that. So I was like trying to think of something we could do for fun. That's got those parameters around it. And uh, my buddy was like, dude, Hey, let's, let's, let's go watch this movie on a boat out in the San Diego Bay and it's outdoors. And I was like, Oh, that sounds awesome. And I asked her like a week before, like, Hey, no pressure. Just do you want to go and do this? And she was like, Oh, I'm working. I'm really tired. You know, it's really hard and, and COVID I'm just not there. I'm like, cool. No worries. Don't. That's what I just said. Like no pressure. You can say yes or no. And then the day before it was like, all right, She's like saying something about tomorrow night. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go watch this movie. Um, I already asked Eddie if he wants to go, you know, and she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And the next day I was just, I had a sports coat on. She's like, she started flipping out, like just reacting weirdly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She was like, wait, did, did you, already, you already bought the tickets and what, you know, <laughs> and you already, you look good. You know, and I was like, yeah, you know, hey, I, that's why I asked you if you wanted to go. There was no pressure. Yeah. You know? I didn't say I wasn't going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you tapped into something, which is kind of a, um, a dating one-on-one that I often say to guys who are nearly divorced and get into the dating thing. It's, you know, they'll ask a gal, like, do you want to go to the bowling alley next Friday? Do you want to go see a movie? No, no, no. And I say, here's how you, here's how you should frame it. I think you just stumbled upon it, which is I'm going to the bowling alley Friday. Want to join me? Totally different tone, which is one of I'm doing this. You want to come along for the ride? Yes or no. And it, that has a far better sense of, for lack of a better word, masculinity, being in charge, being a guy who's off doing something with or without her. And that's what you just, you just did the same thing. I'm going to this this thing with my buddy you want to go nope all right <laughs> i i didn't say i wasn't going 
Yeah. And, uh, you, and then, okay. So she had a little bit of a flip out. What the hell? Uh, and then from there, did she go along with you or did, did you go and have your adventure without her? Yeah. Went, went without her. Okay. And then, uh, she was like upset that night, upset the next day. And the next night she was like, talk to me about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just kept my stance of like, I really didn't want to pressure you. I wanted you to, to decide for yourself. And that was your decision. And that's perfectly cool. Yep. And it really de-escalated, and she was all cuddly. And the next day she was all lovey and, then I asked her like maybe a week or two after that, like, Hey, you know, my birthday's coming up. You want to go to Oceanside with me? And I was thinking like, we could go ax throwing and we could um, just walk around the shops and stuff. And she was like, ax throwing. I'm like, yeah, you know, it'd be fun. Like I, I remember it from you had put out something on our Facebook page yep. like a, a year ago. Like hey, these I are did that. 10, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You could like, here's 10 things that, I would do, you know, with my wife, that would be something fun to do. Get out of your comfort zone. So I was like, ah, that sounds like fun. I'm going to do that. And so she goes along with me. First 15, 20 minutes, she's really scared. And after our hour of session afterwards, she's like, that was so fun. I'm like, I know, right? Like, she's like, we got to get the kids to go next time. And in my head, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just, the only reason I did this because because I want to be with you and not with the kids. But I'm like, oh yeah, sure, you know that'd be fun too. Yeah. But it just was a blast, you know. It was really cool. Got the adrenaline going, you know that kind of thing. Um, there was something else that happened. Like now I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, it'll come back to me hopefully. But the you more do- you say, the more things pop up. So so you had all of these little wins along the way, little moments of aha. I'm on to something here. It seems to all have the the general theme of setting your neediness aside and watching her kind of blossom as a result where the pressure is off of her. And that's something that a lot of us guys do not appreciate is just how much our emotionality, or I'm starting to say, the more we show that we are very pliable to their emotion, that we dictate our lives based upon their needs, their wants, their emotions, how much they can guide us makes them respect us less. And it also instills them with some anxiety because that's a lot of pressure on a person. Like, wow, I'm, I'm emotionally, or this person is emotionally dependent upon me. So I'm emotionally responsible for them. First of all, that's not very attractive. And second of all, oh, well, it's a lot of pressure. Jeez. On top of kids and job and everything else, I got to worry about this guy. And then all of a sudden it's, no, you don't have to worry about me anymore. I'm cool. In fact, I'm going to go have an evening with some friends with or without you. And look how handsome I am later. Wow. What a table turn. And anytime you have those table turn moments, you're going to see what you saw were these acute little emotional moments of lashing out anxiety. I don't like this. This is unusual. This makes me feel uneasy. What the hell's going on? I'm concerned. Followed shortly thereafter by, and yet I feel better. And yet I'm turned on. And yet I feel more at ease. And yet I'm more attracted to you. Thank you. And that's what you're seeing. It's the big thank yeah. you at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There is no vocal thank you, but yes, there's it, the, by her actions, which mean yes. way more than what comes out of her mouth. Exactly. Like you were saying something that stuck with me for a long time. Like if she doesn't respect you, she's not fucking you or, yeah. you know, 
believe her actions and not her words or something like that. And I was like, yeah, dude, like she'll mm-hmm. say stuff, but she doesn't do any of Yeah. Does the opposite. And I'm like, okay. Esther Perel, the, the author who's sold a bazillion books. And uh, she had a book that is somewhat similar to the dead bedroom fix. It takes more of a female approach to the, um, well, the general feelings around what we notice, which is once you're, you're once you're within, or oh, the book's called Mating in Captivity. But the general yeah. th- the general theme is once you're in these um, comfortable, safe, one on one, forever relationships, the general tone of eroticism and sexuality and everything just goes, the knob gets turned way down. Why is that? And she talks about that, and she says in the book that, um, and it may be in that book or her other book, which is called The State of Affairs, which very good partner book to that, which is why people cheat, and. Um, she put in there something, I don't remember verbatim what it was, but the essence was that the one of the biggest fears that women have within the relationship is that deep down, their man is actually a weak little boy. He's not the strong oak of a guy that she hopes crosses her fingers that he is. And when she sees that vulnerability and that weakness come out, ugh, it's just destroying for her or to her. It's just, she didn't want to see that. She wants to show that in fact this guy can tolerate a lot in life and as you and i know and as every guy in long-term relationships will know how does she do that well sometimes she just sits back and watches how you react to life and sometimes she throws little things at you just to uh see how it is you handle them and she may not be consciously or overtly doing this but she's doing it and have you seen throughout your changes these tests as we call them being thrown at you from her just those reaction things. I haven't, like, I keep waiting for this, like, <laughs> shit test here or there, you know? Like, and she's not like that, which is, it's, it's, it's weird, but. Well, that, that was an effective test, wasn't it? When you came back from your trip here and she gave you the, what the hell? I don't like yeah. this. What's that? What's going on? You could have been like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. That was very, that, that was very, that wasn't thoughtful of me. I should have taken, I should have stayed home. You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm, majority of men would do that. Right. And the majority of men are stuck in relationships with the wife. It's like, I, I don't respect him. I'm not really sure why. But so test passed. The, the emotionality came and went. And you were left with a lovey-dovey wife. You know, who yep. would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so so here you are. You're having these little moments. And I could I could sense in you, just in your via your Facebook postings in our group, and for those that don't know, Jason is a member of the uh, DSO fraternity, and we have uh, these private groups on Facebook, which you can belong to and, and talk on a variety of different topics. But the tone of your messages went from one of, man, I don't know what the F. I, I just don't, ugh, this is annoying. It's back and forth. I don't get it. And the tone shifted to very much, a, I guess, like a eureka tone. Like, I got it. It's working. And it's been consistently working now for X number of weeks, months. Yay, raw, look at me, which is awesome. Um, so kudos to you. Congratulations on that. But Thank you. but where do you have some need for some improvement? Where's some room for improvement? Where do you see yourself kind of falling down from here? And you know, let's look at the next year out. Do you, there's always obstacles in the way. Uh, where can you where can you improve? Oh, well, I I think that's easy <laughs> okay. for me. <laughs> I just finished reading uh, the masculine in relationships and uh, it just, it reinforced 
a lot of things if it just I guess because it was said in a different tone you know or different way it's kind of cool like those books you mentioned by Esther I read that one the mating in captivity uh no more in Mr. Nice Guy didn't really resonate with me after mm-hmm. I read it so you know everyone's got their different things but to me it's like the neediness like I need I feel like I need to have that validation I need to have that affection I, if, if I don't she doesn't love me those thoughts you know in my head like I think mm-hmm. from years of conditioning and years of like just being that little boy or that puppy like I know that like I need to just keep working on that that those inner thoughts those kind of feelings those kind of like uh, whatever that is. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what, what the particular name of that is. So now there's, this leads into the next uh, school of thought, which is, which is a criticism of my book, usually by those who haven't read it, strangely enough. And that is, <laughs> oh, wow, yet again, another book or another thing telling us that this is all man's fault, to which I always respond to read the book, read it all the way through to the end. And then you will realize that's not necessarily the case. So flipping that back to you, what are some things that your wife needs to work on? Because she's not infallible here. She brings her baggage. She has her vices. She has her negatives. Where would you like to see her improve? Definitely like uh, following through on her word, being consistent. You know what I mean? Like uh, when I really started being consistently working out, she started working out too. And the kids kind of followed along and my youngest really got into it training and working out and so i i see how my wife will say things but then she doesn't follow through so i'm like you know that would really be a good thing for her overall because she's happier when she's either working out or eating right and i hear a lot of complaining from her so that would be cool to like you know get her off of the oh my arthritis or oh i'm so mm-hmm. cold or oh this and oh that. i'm like oh yeah that sucks babe too bad you know like i don't i i think i used to just be like oh what can i do for you how can i help you and mm-hmm. now i'm like yeah dude that's too bad you know and then change the <laughs> subject and do something else so which leads to another question is since going through this metamorphosis yourself and your sense of value, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I would assume that your sense of inner value has gone up. You look at yourself differently. And as a result, you look across the table at your wife and you look at her differently. Have, um, and be honest, has your vision, your opinion of your wife, has that been decimated somewhat by your changes? I hear what you just described there was a I wish I had some more respect for my wife is in general what you just said. I wish she would follow through on what she does because that's a, that's something that garners respect from me towards others. And I don't see that in her. So has your view of her taken a hit? Wow. That's a good, deep question. Cause I was trying to figure out the other day, I was like looking at her face and I was like noticing wrinkles that I haven't noticed before. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, you know, like, uh, does that, you know, like, I'm not, am I not as attracted to her because I'm, I'm noticing this shit, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the, the blinds being lifted. The rose colored glasses coming off a bit. Yeah. And I was just like, didn't the, even know. Uh, this is, this is from. a very real phenomenon. And this is one I'm, I'm getting into more with the guys that I'm talking to because I've done this for a while now, I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor, so to speak. And I'm talking to guys who are like, man, the marriage is just 180 degrees better. 
thank you so much. This is awesome. But, and here comes the big but. Um, and this is ironically what women fear when in a relationship. This is why your wife's like, why are you dressed up like that? Why are you going out without me? Where have you been for the last couple hours? It's because they're worried that you will, no offense to all the wives out there, that you will upgrade. I mean, how often do we know of the rich older man? I've shared before, I know a story of a guy who was um, 70 some odd years old, big time in his field, profession wise, been married for a bazillion years to a 70 some year old wife. And then in comes the 30 some year old sexy Brazilian woman. And he said, adios, seven year old wife. And we were all like, wow, are you kidding me? Respect for this man just went in the toilet. But in a sense, don't we all as guys go, eh, I can, I can kind of see. <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole for doing it. He needs to be faithful to his wife and be there till death to his partner. They've been through so much together. They have children, grandchildren. And all it takes is some little 30 some year old to wave her butt in his face and off he goes. So so women have a very real reason for being a little fearful, a little anxious about a guy increasing his value to the point where more options open up to him. And I've talked to guys who have said, I've gone through my changes. I've lost 30 pounds. I look better. I feel better. I got a better job, a better car. We're in a bigger house. Everything is awesome. Thank you so much. And I've started an emotional affair with some 23 year old from the office. It's like, Oh dude, that's not the point of the book. But, but, but I can see how that happens for sure. So what you're seeing is kind of a minor league version of that, aren't you? Which is, huh, that's, she's kind of been knocked off the pedestal here somewhat. And she's not this superhuman after all, she has her flaws. And uh, just like me, she farts and <laughs> goes <laughs> to the bathroom and everything else. Huh. And she's not so perfect anymore. Uh, so what have you done? With this, I guess you could say, new information coming in, uh, this new mindset, are, are you, you can take it one way, which is become more resentful of her, or you can take it the other way, which is I'm going to work even harder on this relationship in terms of showing my appreciation and trying to lead her to be more of the person I'm attracted to. Which direction do you see yourself going in? Personally, I, I feel like the second one, but I feel like I don't have the game plan for it. You know, like yeah. I want to lead. I want to figure out how to like do that. I bet it's possible. And I really love her and I would love to be able to like, yeah, not change her, but like, like you said, lead, you know, and I'm like, how do you do that? So I'm just, I, I'm I think that that's stage. And that sounds to some people listening to this, probably on the surface, a bit misogynistic. I'm going to lead. Um, <laughs> I'm the boss. Damn it. This is, we're going to do it this way. No, that's not what that means, but in a way it is, but let's be honest. When we look at who are the healthiest, happiest relationships that we know of, it's one where that has a bit of that tone, doesn't it? Where the man's kind of the one that she looks up to. And again. we see it again and again. And I often say, like I said in the book, where women that are in relationships where they're gaga for the men, they will very much mold themselves to take the shape. I always say that women kind of take the shape of whatever container you pour them into. Um, if they're in a relationship where they're gaga over a guy, we see that big time where a woman who's like, I hate football. I hate everything to do with football. 
And then she meets Mr. Wonderful and suddenly she's wearing football jerseys and she's painting her face and she's going to football games every Sunday. Woo. And you're like, well, where did this woman come from? Well, because he likes football. I love him. Therefore I like football. So this goes back to the point of leading, which is kind of a natural state when the relationship is healthy and that you'll notice I'm doing these things. And if she in fact is impressed enough by it, or if she in fact is saying, here's the guy who's got it going on. He's got a mission. I like where he's going in life. I'm attracted to him. I'm going to do these same things too. And so many guys I've talked to where the wife's like, can I go to the gym with you? Can I join that CrossFit class with you? Um, even to the point of, can I hang out with you and the boys when you guys go to the bar for your weekly beer? Is that okay? There's a bit of anxiety there about, can I keep tabs on you? But also she just loves to be around him and loves to follow his lead. Um, I, I did a, a podcast interview with another podcast called The Divorced Dadvocate. And uh, he was very sensitive to the fact that people were kind of cringing at the thought of being a leader. And he says, well, if, if it helps, look at it in terms of called being a good steward of the relationship. You know, you're the one kind of sitting back as you can call it a boss role and saying um, the relationship's kind of going off the rails a little bit. Let me, let me put it back on the tracks. And uh, so for you guys listening out there, like leading makes me feel a little uneasy. Well, just you're the guy who's kind of the overseer of the relationship and you realize what it takes and doing those things. Like I'm going to the gym, I'm going surfing, going to hang out with my buddies. They may sound counterintuitive, but man, they're good for the relationship shows that you're an independent person and she better kind of jump on the, on the train and do things for herself too. I think every guy who's healthy has a healthy mindset and a healthy relationship will say, I love if my wife were to go hang out with her friend for coffee and get out of the house. I would love if she went and she took surfing lessons. I would love for her to go to the gym, to that class. That'd be great. Good for you. Have at it. Because who comes back in the door? A healthier, happier, more attractive wife. And what a lot of guys have trouble with is the fact that a lot of women, not all, but a lot of women don't really do that on their own. They need somebody to give them a little push. And when it, And if we're the guy to do that pushing, that seems to lead to a lot of very good, healthy things for relationship. Because if you're not the one to say, wife, you're capable of more, let's do this, then somebody or something else out there will be. And they may push them in the wrong direction. A lot of guys, myself included, I've seen that with our first relationships where somebody lit a spark under their butt and away they went. And you want to be that dude. So that's your next chapter in this whole thing, isn't it? which is how can I kind of lead her and to put it in very blunt negative terms, how can I lead her? So she doesn't become somebody that I no longer want to be with. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I used to do that obviously unconsciously with all I, when you were talking right there, I was thinking about all of my past relationships and even the first 10 years with her, I'm like, Oh my God, I'd always be like, Hey, you want to go? Yeah. Me and the boys are going to go, drinking you know you want to go and she'd be like yeah 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 and now it's like there it is do you want to come along for the ride i'm going to be here what do you say no all right cool i'll see you on saturday yeah totally that's that dating atmosphere we got to hang on to that got to hang on as much as we can within the marriage can't hang on to all of it but as much as we can um i would recommend uh if you're if the leading thing is a big part maybe book a session with uh, jack jack london who's uh, now coaching and his whole not his whole, but a big part of his whole um, repertoire is the uh, being a good leader. He's a military man. He knows that better than anybody. So he'd be a good person for you to chat with. 
and put together a game plan for that. Um, he's he's uh, much more qualified than I am in that regard. <laughs> uh, not to say I'm a horrible leader, but man, he's he's good at what he does. Those nice. military guys are good at that. So yeah, definitely give him a jingle. Um, so where else? Um, where, where do you go from here? <laughs> any, any final words? I was going to be like, hey, you're supposed to tell me, man. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the leadership is one thing. So get to it. Whether yeah. you go get help with that or whatever, you know what to do, then do it. You need some help and get some help. But uh, that's the next That's the next level. Because I hate for a year from now, I get an email from you saying, so this 23-year-old texted me. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Right, right. Um, and just for just so we're so we're clear for everyone listening, um, my book at the end of it, not to give away the ending, but it does say to men that are in toxic relationships where the woman has obviously lost all attraction to the man, she's just hanging on, you know, for resources and she treats them like dirt. There, there's don't stay in those relationships, but also at the same time, don't go running off to every floozy and, and banging every bimbo that you can see. Do, do it the right way. If, if you've checked out of the relationship, then you've checked out, do the right thing and divorce and do it amicably and everything else, but do all you can to stay within the relationship. Marriages are tough. They're hard work. Anybody who tells you any difference, bullshitting you. Um, <laughs> once you get past the puppy love stage, it's all work, but I personally think it's worth it if it's done right. But if it's toxic and there's no hope there, then, I'm the first to tell you, you know, pull the ripcord and get the hell out. Um, so it, as your value increases as a, you're not quite 50 yet, your old man out surfing and sunny California and your values going up, you're going to have some temptations. So just, just be aware. <laughs> I got uh, about a month ago, my wife got her first new car ever, right? It's like this 2020 hybrid Subaru Crosstrek. And then two weeks later, I found this 1990 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. It's got nice. wood paneling. Oh, you know, yeah. I know what you're talking forward. about. I love Dude. those. <laughs> oh, my God. Like every other day, I got this girl like, oh, wow. Nice really? Car. I got surfer dudes, you know, like, oh, dude, I had this way back. Oh, in that, the day. That's a total surfer mobile. Yeah. Oh, dude. This, this one girl was like, hey, can I get a ride in your car? I was like, oh, I'm going. This is where I'm going. She's like, oh, I, no, I got to go this time. I'm like, next time you know like sorry babe <laughs> i'm not going to just drive you down there to yeah. this way because you want you know and how interesting that the the whole tone of this is shifting from a needy guy who's like how can i get my wife to bang me to now this guy with this sense of abundance and value who is like has to learn how to put up some boundaries to keep the temptations away welcome to the world of being a valued dude thanks yeah <laughs> Hey, I, hey, that's the goal, man. And I feel there confident. I feel good about myself. I was telling my wife, like, babe, this job has afforded me to, like, I, I can take my kid to wrestling practice. I get to actually be there. And it's just like, it's just everything, man. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thankful for you. I appreciate you. Um, everything you've done. Like, I see how you help everyone else. It's just like, I love being in the group and giving my two cents when I can. And uh, it just overall makes me feel like, yeah, like you, like you said, a better man. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. It's too bad I found it so late, but what am I going to do? I'm going to bitch and moan about like, oh, I wish I had this. There you go. Yeah. You, know, like, well, you can sit and mope all day or you can fucking grab it by the fucking nards and get after it, you know? Grab it by the fucking nards. That's a good, 
That's a good outro right there. All right. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much. I appreciate it, buddy. And best yeah. of luck to you. Keep in touch. I'll see you on the on the group. And uh, I mean, it's all it's not all wine and roses from here on out. You're gonna have some more tests, you're gonna have some more obstacles, you're gonna have more pool noodle incidents. Hopefully not literally another pool noodle incident. Right. <laughs> but um, you're gonna have some oh shit moments. But I I can feel and I can sense you're in a much better place to deal with all that. So it's just sky's the limit from here. So best of luck to you. Thank you very much, DSM. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. All right bye. Bye. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, Discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team. Discounts on our video courses and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.